0: All right, welcome in. It's the Mountaineer Sports Insider. It's Tanner Lambert here today uh, on site once again with uh, head coach Sean Kovich of the West Virginia men's golf team, and uh, I'm very excited to talk to you today, Coach. Uh, Obviously, coming off a big win here.
1: Yeah, yeah. We started the season off with a victory at the Red Bandana Invitational uh, hosted by Boston College. It was uh, closer than we would have liked. Uh, We had to close really strong. I think halfway through the final round, we were probably down like 10 10 to 15 shots, and we uh, we finished with a lot of birdies, uh, which which was good to see the guys close
0: strong. Uh, so that was good. Yeah, going in two down into the round two, right? And then you end up winning it by two. So a real good day there on the back nine, I would assume, then? Or was it across the board, just depending on where the groups were at?
1: Uh, it was all on the back nine. Okay. Uh, for example, Max Green uh, had... Three, I think three under, three or four under his last nine holes. Jackson Davenport finished strong with the birdie uh, on his last hole, and then Carson came in. Uh, he was like five under his last seven holes or something. Like, I mean, it was it was pretty impressive what we did the, down the stretch, and we we had to
0: have it. Uh, so that that was good to see the guys close strong. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Uh, first win since spring of 22, right? Mm-hmm. So, And then you get the individual win, too, right? Mm-hmm. Not only the team championship, but Max does it uh, by himself as well, which has got to be sweet. You get kind of the double whammy there, right? Yeah, we don't win the tournament as a team without Max winning as an
1: individual and playing really steady all week. I mean, he struggled a little bit the second round, but that tends to happen on a 36-hole day. You get really tired, Uh, mentally and physically Um, but he he played really well all week and that's his second win he won at East Carolina as a freshman uh, or sorry as a sophomore and then um, to do what he did uh, this year was was pretty special so uh, yeah happy for him.
0: Awesome awesome Um, so last I saw you guys I came down and I was there for Pete Dye for both days and the weather was quite rough, and then to play 36 holes in that was quite rough. But, you know, that's really out of your control. Hosting a tournament like that's gotta be one of the better home course advantages, I would say, in college golf. Uh, One of the interesting things though is, you know, you get a cart when you're going Pete Dye, right? At a lot of places you're gonna have to walk and that sort of thing. But how nice is it to have that place to your advantage? You know, not only for the tournament that you guys host, in April, most of the time, but to also be able to practice on such a tough course.
1: Yeah, it's great because it gives you everything you need. Like visually intimidating, uh, it's long, uh, it's it's demanding. It's always in great shape, and so we feel like any course we go to, we we've kind of seen shots like that that demand you know, uh, for, uh, tee shots that are you know between water and, and tall fescue or you know bunkers over water, what, whatever the case may be. So that's good uh but like today yeah we're gonna go down there and practice and do a lot of short game stuff and some it's they're they're so accommodating to us it's not like we just get to play there and then come back like they they love having us out there we'll have practice out there uh hit multiple shots Um, so it's just a great playground to uh test your game and we're lucky to have
0: Pete die yeah and then in, in addition to just the course the practice facilities under construction out there right so uh, last week I got to talk to director Baker about it and he seemed excited about it and he said you know if he hasn't been down there for two or three weeks or whatnot uh, the guys will start to be like hey when are you going to come down you know they've added more onto the building you know mm-hmm. it's getting along and just the excitement around that uh, not only what that can do for you as a team with who you have here but who you could potentially bring in to offer you know these opportunities how big is that
1: yeah, it's it's much needed. I mean, I've been waiting 10 years for for this. So, uh it's been a long time. We've the facility itself has taken many twists and turns, but to finally have it being constructed at our what we consider our home course, uh not only for like I said our home tournament, but also day-to-day practice and qualifying. Uh, it's pretty special and I think the location is awesome. It's in the middle, you know, basically in the middle of the golf course on the driving range, uh surrounded by the whole back 9. So, I mean it's it's gonna be really special once it's finished, uh and hopefully by the end of the fall or at least early spring we'll be we'll be in there. Um and then it's gonna give us a place when the weather is not great to be able to still hit golf balls, see the flight of the golf balls out onto the range. Um and the main thing is uh, it's finally a home for our guys to leave their bags, to hang out, uh to, to be a team at practice, you know, rather than living out the back of our cars, you know, taking our clubs from the trunks to the range and then back. So we'll finally have a home and that'll that'll be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's something to, you know, having it in the back of the trunk, right? You know, just that kind of bonding experience you get there. Um, So uh, along with that, you know, you were talking about the weather and having a place to practice and whatnot. When you look at the West Virginia golf schedule, there's a break in November and December and then you're able to pick it back up. How hard is it to get through those two months? Uh, those two months aren't too bad. I mean, to okay. be honest, I
1: feel like the weather here uh in October, November, December is not it's not that bad. Uh that's probably a pretty good stretch. It's more the January, February uh that's a tough stretch. Um but we schedule around that, meaning we do a lot of qualifying trips down to Florida in, in January. Then we schedule out to uh, Arizona in mm-hmm. January. So we got three weekends where it's nice and warm. Uh, and then February, we're going to Florida and Puerto Rico. And before you know it, it's spring break. So uh, I've just kind of learned to schedule around the bad, the bad weather. Okay. Uh, and in my experience here, November, December is not too bad. The guys still get out and play a lot. And at that point, we kind of need a break anyhow because we've been going at it since middle of August to Halloween. So uh, having that time to just work out, go to class, and kind of
0: practice on your own is big. Okay. Yeah, I I was just interested because, you know, one of the things I talk about is sometimes it could be hard to get going back in January because, you know, people in Arizona or Florida or, you know, these other southern states, you know, they do have the weather where over winter break they are able Mm -hmm. to go play golf. If they're not traveling down south, they're already there. Uh, which is kind of an advantage, maybe kind of not, but you know something that could be nice to have. Uh, but with that new facility coming, you're gonna get that.
1: Yeah, most if you look at our our roster, most of our guys are from the South or Southeast. You know, we got Georgia, we got Tennessee, South Carolina, uh, Texas. Um, so we have a lot of kids that when they go back home, they're playing all of Thanksgiving, all of Christmas, and then when they show back up in January, even if there's snow on the ground, like they're they're ready to go. And then, like I said, we do those qualifying trips to Florida or South Carolina. And then we're in Arizona, so uh, we feel like we don't miss a beat. It is it is a disadvantage to be this far, you know, northeast. But I like to turn disadvantages into advantages. Uh, and so wherever there's a weak spot, we just flip it around and, and make it a really cool experience and an advantage for our guys. So now we getting to you know go to some cool places uh, in January and February. Whereas when I was coaching in the Southeastern Conference before here, like you just kind of stuck in where you're at, you know, because you're like, well, it might be 58 today, you know, everything's dormant and wet, you know. So I, I feel like my favorite time is honestly the spring because we do so much travel to cool spots, and and our guys love playing at WVU because of that experience.
0: Yeah, no, that, that is interesting. You can kind of turn it around that way. That's good to hear. Um, so in the fall – you have the Big 12 match play, and then in the spring you obviously go to what a regular tournament would be set up as. What do you like about going to play in the match play tournament? What do you like about having it as a regular tournament? Is there a difference to you? or?
1: Uh, the, well, the Big 12 match play is so unique because everything we do pretty much is all stroke play. Right. You know, 54 holes, stroke play, five players, count the four low each each round. But when you go to match play, it's totally different. It's five versus five. You know, it's it's just one on one. You know, you're number one versus their number one. You're number two versus their number two, and it's more like a Ryder Cup, uh, and it's it's just a unique feeling. And it, it you know, it's just that that 18 hole match. It's not a marathon over three days that we normally play. It's just you know those three or four hours. You're either going to get your point for your team or you're not, and so uh, it's really cool. And the and the way it's structured is there's always a couple matches that end early, and then your whole team comes out to watch that match that's all square going into 18. And so you've got your team there pulling for you, and then the other team is pulling for that other guy. And, uh, you know, when, you're, when your whole team's out there watching you and it matters, like that's just really cool. So uh, it's such a unique format. It's It's one of those, like every year we're like, wow, you know, like, you don't know what to expect a match play. And then when you come home from you like, that was so cool. Like, uh, it, it was, it's a fun experience.
0: Well That's really good to hear. Are you, speaking of the Ryder Cup, you ready to go? I think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: I'm so like lost in our world right now of, you know, tournaments and travel and, uh, it's, you know, I'm trying to keep up with the rest of the golf world, but yeah. you know, my, my focus is really on our guys, but I'm trying to, you know, broaden my horizons and make sure I'm watching college football and the Ryder Cup and, because I'm I'm a very passionate sports fan, um, but right now we're like right in the midst of our season, so yeah. ho- Hopefully, I'll be, I'll have
0: some time to watch that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. It's always fun when uh, that that gets to coming around. Um, so one of the big questions we had for you, it's really only towards your sport tennis, where you have these teams, right? But it's a very individualized sport. What what do you have to do? to make sure that your guys are ready to go. How is that different for you than, say, you know, a basketball coach's job would be or a soccer coach's job would be where they are coaching the team with individuals on it? You're a team of individuals that becomes that team,
1: right? Yeah, this is the only time, really, other than high school, uh, that the guys will be on a team, you know, and but it's so individual. Like you said, everybody's game's so different, and you have to treat them so different. I think the team aspect is – is really about our standards day to day our expectations of them how they go about their business how they prepare uh, things like that but once you get once you get that established then you can start to coach the individual and and so we bring them in here all the time have individual meetings and we talk to them one on one and uh try to make them better uh just you know a little bit better from each qualifier each tournament and how they they can improve and it's so different like what one guy needs to work on is totally different from another guy. So they all have strengths and weaknesses. And that's just kind of the nature of our sport, um, the the individual side of it, trying to make them better. Um, but I think from the, the team aspect is cool because you only get it for, you know, when you're in college, really, or or maybe high school. Uh, and so that aspect is, hey, we're all on the same page of how we prepare, how we go about our business and, and workouts and practice and qualifying, those things. But the way you play the game is going to be individual, you know. And even when we go to say Minnesota next week, like, you know, the game plan for Max Green is going to be different from the game plan for Jackson Davenport because they hit different shots. You know, one of them may play a low cut; the other guy plays a high draw. So, you know, they're going to play the golf course totally different. So that's where our sport's uh, unique.
0: So okay, yeah, that's that's very interesting. You mentioned high school, so like. When I was playing in high school, you know, you got the coach driving around with the cooler on the cart and all that fun stuff. Do do you do that for the guys? Uh, I usually put somebody else in
1: charge of that. Okay. Uh, So one thing I think has been really good the last couple years in qualifying, like we actually coached during qualifying. Used to hand them a card, say low man's going to win, you know, if you got a rolling, let me know. And I stayed out of the way. But we started uh, actually coaching guys, so we'll coach a different guy each qualifying round to start building that rapport that relationship on the course when they're competing and and you can provide really good feedback on where they need to improve and things they are doing well and then you carry that on to a tournament so you kind of build that in qualifying and practice and then when we go to a tournament you know i'll walk with you know a player each round Uh, coach chorus our new assistant will walk with the player each round Uh, so we're actually you know we're coaching we're basically caddies out there i mean i can't carry their clubs but you know, we're 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 talking about yardages, carry distances, uh, trajectory, where we want the golf ball to end up, and then obviously you kind of turn into a sports psychologist. You know, uh, a third through the round when they're five over through seven, you're like, hey, like, I know it's not going well, but the team needs you, you know, and things like that. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of coaching. Um, I, you know, luckily, my wife and son came to the tournament last week so I just gave her all the the drinks because when you're out there for 36 holes you do need to stay hydrated you need to eat because you're out there for 10 hours playing Uh, so I try to make sure that stuff's taken care of so Coach Corus and I can actually coach during during the competition.
0: Yeah, I was gonna add, like how how in depth can you get during competition as much yeah. as you want besides carrying their clubs or yes. like you know, okay yeah. and every every player is different you know right. some players uh, read the greens pretty well on their own they
1: might want a little assurance on a break or something and then some want to talk about you know everything you know uh, what club should I hit you know where should I leave this where where, where do you see this putt going you know and so uh that, again, that's what we talk about. It's an individual sport. So some guys just want somebody there to just kind of talk to. And then some guys, you know, you, they're relying on you for, for club choices, for where they want to play the break, how much
0: speed to hit the putt, you know, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's cool. So you're able to really get into it with them if if that's what they choose. Uh, this year for the Mountaineer Invitational, or last year rather, uh, you had Oklahoma State come in, right? Obviously, you get to play them at Big Twelves and that sort of thing, and you might see them at a different tournament here and there. But to have a program like that that's had that much success come in here, what does that do for you? Does it do anything at all, or, or no? Well, I think it validated our our tournament and Pete Dye Golf
1: Club. You know, okay. they wanted to play a really challenging golf course before Big Twelves to kind of prepare. And they Oklahoma State knows the harder the golf course, the harder the conditions, the more likely they're going to win. Just just because yeah. they they are built for that kind of uh, that kind of uh, moment in the golf course. So I think that v- validated just how good a test Pete Dye was. And we did get some cold weather, which which was tough, but. You know, over the past, we've had Arkansas there, we've had Mississippi State, we've had Utah, you know, we've had Washington State, um, Penn State, and now Oklahoma State. So we've had some really good teams come through there, uh, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, we've been lucky the uh, way – NC State was there one year. They were top ten that year. They beat us by one shot, uh, which kind of sucked. But um, – <laughs> You know, we've had some good uh, good runs there and uh, looking forward to hosting that one. We've moved it to April because it kind of fits our schedule better. And for me personally as a head coach, having the last regular season event at home, it keeps all our guys engaged throughout the whole year because that's kind of your last qualifying chance to get on the bus to go to Big 12s. And so everybody's really focused. Uh, they're, they're like, hey, if I play well, I can still make the lineup. Whereas if you do it in October, then it's kind of it's kind of over with, you know. Some guys see the writing on the wall, so it keeps everybody engaged. and And to be honest, that's one of their favorite events. You know, we try to put on a good show. We have the Mountaineer out there. We have music going. We have food every six holes. Like,
0: so we try to create a fun vibe uh, on a really hard golf course. Yeah, no, that it was fun. If the weather would have been better, I think we, you know there would have been some more people out there. You know, it's harder to play golf in the cold too, yes. for for sure, right? And that changes the way that you play things. Uh, speaking on that a little bit, you know, you, you went out to Kansas last year and stuff. Uh, some of the more, I guess, climates that are a bit similar. Do you, do you think that it's different when you go down South or when you go up to Minneapolis this weekend and, uh, for how some of these guys prepare to get ready to go? Or, or, you know, I'm sure it comes into it, but does it really affect, you know, maybe who you'd put in the lineup and who you wouldn't? Uh, no, because they're going to earn everything. So okay. so we, as far as our lineup, the last probably
1: two years, it's just basically how they play in qualifying, how they play in tournaments, that, that determines the lineup more so than, you know, who we think might play well based on grass types or based on weather or based on previous experience seeing the golf course. Because you know, sometimes you show up to a course, you got no bad memories, and you play well. And then sometimes, just because you played there three years, doesn't mean you're going to play you know well the next time. So, um, so in that regard, it's just basically how they do in qualifying. But you're right on the different. I mean, we're playing. You know, our first two tournaments are in states that touch Canada, so they're right. very they're very north. Uh, you know, we played in the Northeast in New York. Now we're going to the Midwest in Minnesota, and then next spring we'll be out in the desert. We'll be down in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm spent a lot of time in Florida and the Carolinas and Georgia. So we play all over. I think the main thing is the grass types and, and what the turf is like, um, you know, cause we're, we're kind of used to bent grass a little bit softer. Uh, but you go down to say Florida or uh, Georgia Southern, you're going to get Bermuda and it may be really firm and tight uh, and dormant that time of year. So uh, grass types really uh, affect, you know, some guys and ha- and how they uh, mainly the short game uh, and how they chip and putt. Um, so we we definitely see a variety of different different situations and
0: grass types. Yeah. So uh, the Puerto Rico trip is that one that the family comes on with you? Uh,
1: yeah. So uh, that's <laughs> yeah. My wife seems to pick out the good ones, you yeah. know. Um, but she she went up and supported the football team. Took Keenan, so they went to Penn State, and then they were like halfway between. You know morgantown and where we were playing so they just came on up from penn state uh to watch us play and luckily we won so that was that was special having the family there but yeah they try to they try to come to every every game uh and Keenan actually brought us a lot of good luck. I mean, he's he's a really positive twelve year old so Yeah. He told the guys, "Hey, let's make some birdies here," and they they, <laughs> they respond to him better than they respond to me. So uh, he's kind of a, our little mascot. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, I saw him last year down at Pete Dye. I was mm-hmm. standing on nine green, and he just started talking to me. Yeah. And, you know that that and he was telling me everything, and I was like, "Oh, okay." You know, f fun- but he knew what he was talking about, right? right. I wasn't gonna stop him or anything and he told me some things i didn't know and you know it seemed like he knew the course better than just about anybody on it
1: yeah like he needs to have a filter at some point but uh (laughs) no he's he's a good one i always say like he's not going to struggle in uh, speech class when he gets to college (laughs) so
0: that's good yeah he's he's a good dude he seems um so, you know, some of the other things i wanted to talk to you about were just getting to know you a little bit better, right? So we have a lot of students that listen to the show and that sort of thing. So we try to get to know some of the coaches that we have on better. Um, so are, are there some things that, you know, maybe the West Virginia student body should know about you? Oh, wow. Um, I know that's real broad, but, you know. I, I mean, I, of, I think um, you know. uh,
1: I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. Okay. Uh, I grew up listening to Pearl Jam. Uh, you know, I like, I like, uh. A variety of music, you know. So um, I think that's that's kind of I don't know, somewhat <laughs> unique. But um, so I, and then I grew up on like Seinfeld and uh, oh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, yeah. So I, I like that kind of kind of humor. Um, you know, it's it's weird. It's like this job you have to be very uh, structured, organized, um, you know, and constantly like pushing the guys, and, yeah. and and you're almost living in the future all the time because you're like planning ahead, planning ahead. Um, so when I do get time to like relax, I, I like to I, I do like to have some fun, you know and um, so I don't know.
0: that's okay. Kinda, w- you know, what's whatever. the favorite Seinfeld episode Because that's my stuff right. Oh uh, I think the marine
1: biologist has Remote, to be okay. because how it all tied together right. at the end. and yeah. then the fact that golf was involved. Yeah. and Kramer, uh, you know, when he walks in to Jerry's apartment and every golfer can relate to this where he's like, you want these? because i don't want him, you know and he kicks his clubs and he's like i stink you know and uh and then the fact that he you know george was pretending to be a marine biologist and uh, that that was just like larry david at his best tying everything together yeah yeah, right the the (laughs) golf ball at the
0: end yes and kramer is that a hole in one yeah yeah Yeah. no that, that that's a good one um so okay uh Is there anything else you want to talk about today? Well, I I did want to ask, what's your favorite course you've ever played? Oh, wow. Um, Favorite course
1: I've ever played. So, for me, it's really about the vibe of the whole place and not necessarily like, you know. I I mean, look, I've, I've been fortunate to play some great courses because of my affiliation with West Virginia. And we have supporters and donors and connections all over we've played some some places like you've never heard of and they want it that way right that, that are awesome uh you know been fortunate to play like oakmont and places like that because of west virginia but probably my favorite would have to be to creek it's in south carolina um and one of max Green's actually a member there but we we've been playing that place since 2017 over spring break and qualifying and gotten to know the staff down there but uh it's a core crenshaw design so bill core and ben crenshaw designed it and it's one of those courses that's only like 20 years old but it feels like it's been there for 200 years right they did a great job of like old school elements uh it's just a it's a cool low country south carolina vibe and uh, i just love every time we go down there it's it's really nice
0: Awesome. Sweet. Well, good luck the rest of the season. We thank you for joining us today here on the MSI podcast. I appreciate the time, coach. Yeah, thank you. Let's go, Mountaineers. Let's go.